Welcome to this month's Greg Griffith Leadership Podcast. Join Greg Griffith as we together learn what it means to be leaders of our world as we faithfully love and faithfully lead. Like, share, rate, and review this podcast with your friends and others of influence for they too are looking for people like you to help them lead and love day to day. Without further ado, here is your host, Greg Griffith. All right. Thanks so much for being here at Greg Griffith Leads. And I'm really excited about today's uh, podcast and today's guest. You're going to just find yourself inspired um, as we meet and get to know even greater another faithful leader who's faithfully living and faithfully loving. And so thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, today, uh, I want to introduce to all of you a guy who I've been seeing more and more of all the time here in Omaha, but I am so thrilled that God has just put our paths together. Um, his name is Jason Curry. Jason, welcome. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, that's my first thought, too. I was like, I've been seeing you all the time now. All the time. So, I know. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And uh, so, Jason, first, uh, one, thanks so much for being here, but two, your um, just leadership and what you're doing with your organization is so inspiring to me, but also how you're just living out your faith life um, is inspirational. Before we even got to um, <clears throat> just get to know each other even greater over these past few uh, months and past few years that I've been here, um, I you know I had people all the time saying to me, "Do you have you met Jason Curry?" And I'm like, "Well, we <laughs> run across each other," and so. Um, but they, they've always been inspired, and, and that's just because God's doing great things for you. But first, just tell us, like, how did you, like, how did you grow up, and and where was Jesus in your life growing up, and what yeah. was that like? And and well, thank you. That's my favorite question. I love actually, oftentimes in you know when I'm having groups of people, instead of sharing details about life of how many kids and where do you live, it's yeah. like share your name and when you came to know Jesus, because yeah. that's what unifies us. And so. I grew up a uh, small town right in the middle of Michigan, and my dad's a pastor. Mm, and mm, so mm. my whole like world, Michigan or Michigan State, which, which uh, one? Do Michigan you for sure. I mean, like, go blue. Here yeah, we go. absolutely, there go, go there blue. Go. Yeah. It's funny. I um, I showed a picture of my little brother who lives in Indonesia in a tribe, and he's got a Michigan flag on his front door, even in you know, even <laughs> even in Indonesia. So there it goes go. with us wherever we go, there even Omaha. Go. But um, I yeah, my my dad is a pastor, so my my concept of God has always been present and it's almost, it's almost crazy to think about not believing mm. in a, in a God that loves us uh, at a young age. Remember having just the questions and conversations with my parents to where my dad helped navigate that, uh, with, with certainty and clarity of, you know, through faith in Jesus that I, I could go to heaven someday. So I was young, baptized young and, uh, you know, had the ups and downs of anybody who comes to know Christ, you know, there's some years of where it feels like you're kind of stale and then other years you're more inspired. And it probably was definitely uh, after college when I finally had the total freedom to say, okay, now what's next that, that I finally became open-handed enough to say, okay, God, whatever you have for me, I will do except be a pastor. I think that was still my prayer. <laughs> so I have a business degree and uh, I was still, I think I said at that point, actually, even if it's a pastor, then I'll, I'll do that, but I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather not. Um, so it's been an interesting journey the last, you know, I'm 44 years of age now. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. So, so growing up as a pastor's kid, and you said your brother lives in Indonesia. Yeah. Is all, are all of your kids like all the family that your siblings are they all in ministry or? No, my, I mean, yes and no. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, all vocations ministry yeah, for Christians. Right, yeah. Right, right. Correct. And so my, my sister works part-time at her church. My okay. older brother, uh, is in the business world and okay. very involved and, uh, you know, in, in leadership at his church as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. So yes, all of us have ended up wow. in paid or non-paid ministry <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. What, what would you say is one of the most, uh, joyful and best things about growing up as a pastor's kid? That's See, a great, I think everyone yeah. asks the question of like, what's the worst part? <laughs> but what's the best part? What'd you yeah. like about it? See, I was a middle child. So I okay. remember the, uh, and part of it's also probably my strengths and my personality, but I just remember the expectations that were placed on me. And so it was just a struggle when I was mm. especially a teenager. The The best parts, honestly, like in my more mature perspective now would be having a dad that uh, led our church well, but also was at home leading with integrity. And so now again, as a dad and in the role that I, that I serve, uh, he, he was my ministry training and it, it led me, you know, in so many ways of just watching and catching, you know, Mm -hmm. not only listening and being taught, but also just catching what he, how he was modeling a faithful life per even the name. Like, I, I love that, like faithfully following Jesus. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of fun things along the way, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, we definitely, I mean, my, yeah, there, those, there's those things as a teenager that you're like, man, I wish I had more of this or could have done this or, and it was just a different day and age back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wasn't a pastor's kid, so I don't have that as an experience. I do say to my children, um, I remind them occasionally, um, because there are so many expectations and there can be so many um, things that are hard and it's a little different, harder for kids. But I also tell my kids when they have things that they would normally not receive, um, you know, like, like my kids, when we were in Michigan, I just had some really great friends and, you know, we would go every year and sit at a Tigers game in a suite and have all yeah. these things. And I was like, I, I just say to them off to the side, I go, kids, like, this is because, I'm a pastor and these family, this family loves us like we're their family. Yeah. And so don't, don't miss that. There are some really amazing blessings out of the role that God has placed us in. Yeah. And so there are some hard ass, but there's also blessings. And so I, yeah, I, I always ask that because yeah. I just think it's a, <laughs> you know, it's a, a reminder for that. So. And like I said, it's a different day. Like my yeah. kids have been the recipients of that, like yeah. over an abundance where I just don't remember that as a kid. Again, it mm-hmm. was, I get caught 30 years ago in a smaller town. We just were very, very, had to be very frugal, didn't mm-hmm. get to take a lot of the trips or didn't have a lot of the experiences that probably our kids get, yeah. you know, just a different, different uh, generation. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so, um, but I hope degree. if my dad watches this, all that was just cut out. Because <laughs> I couldn't think of like, what's the most positive thing? Yeah, he'll probably call you and be uh, like, now here, bro, here's where we did this, this, and this. I know. <laughs> For sure. Um, so, right, I will be a pastor, but I don't know that I want to be. So, uh, business degree. So, how did you get into full-time ministry mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, and did that start with youth for Christ? 
They did. Okay. Yes. I, so all through college, I volunteered with youth for Christ in Grand Rapids area. And my first year out of college, I kept volunteering. They, they made me a site director as a volunteer and I helped launch a new high school program. And even in high school, I had a youth pastor that was very instrumental in my life. And I just told somebody recently, you know, during those years, you know, because the, you've got the, uh, uniqueness of parents and, or the uniqueness of, of stretching boundaries and not enjoying all the rules. I felt like during those years, my youth pastor believed in me even as much or more than my own parents. Obviously that's ridiculous, but he was just so instrumental. And so when I started, when I went to college, I, uh, started volunteering at one of the, we call it campus life is the main program that we offer. And I, remember walking into this big house with high school kids having no clue ever that there had been, that there's ministries that are designed for reaching non-Christian kids. And I instantly was like, this is amazing. And so I volunteered all four of those years. My first year out uh, was leading, recruiting a team to help launch a program at a high school close by. And over the course of that year, just felt God calling me to pursue youth for Christ as a profession. And you know, in a roundabout way, end up meeting my wife who was at a training in Indiana. I moved out to Omaha six months later and started working for Youth for Christ in Omaha six months after that. So Grand Rapids was a lot of my training ground, my preparation, and then started with uh, Youth for Christ in Omaha in September of 2003. Uh, okay. So let's just fill in some gaps for anyone listening or watching this, right? So what is Youth for Christ? Yeah. What is our main mission, purpose? Um, what does it do? Yeah. Our main focus is how do we reach middle school and high school kids with the gospel? So mm -hmm. we want every single kid to hear and experience the gospel with somebody they know and trust. So very relationship-driven. We do weekly programs and clubs in 43 different schools in the Omaha area. Those weekly programs lead to other fun activities, like tomorrow I'm going paintballing with a group of uh, seventh-grade boys or camps or all these different things, but it's all about how do we reach uh, and go into the world of kids and, and through those relationships have conversations about Jesus and about faith? And we also have a teen parents program that has about 35 young moms involved and then a program also that's trying to reach military kids, so middle school and high school military kids. So it's all around the bullseye is non-Christian kids and sharing the gospel. But at the same time, we probably have five or 600 Christian kids that are growing and being encouraged. And not only are they meeting other Christian friends in our groups, but I just feel like if we're not, if we don't care about the lost or the non, you know, non-Christians around us, it, it stunts, you know, growth. And so helping even Christian middle school and high school kids care about their lost friends, know how to talk about their faith, and then be even in some different ways held accountable to like, hey, we we have to be doing this. We have to be reaching your friends. And so it's our focus is non-Christian kids. Uh, it was started in the 40s right after World War II by Billy Graham and Young Pastor. So he was the first employee ever. And and then it started spreading. It in, Instead of just big rallies, it became local chapters. So Omaha started in the 50s by volunteers. And then now here we are, you know, over, out, over 60 years later, uh, still doing ministry, pursuing lost kids. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I, I, I always think, and you're, you're right on, like 
ministry to teenagers and sharing the gospel with teenagers and helping them do that, that's pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> it's only getting more and more simple, right? Oh my gosh. But in a way, like, like what a, authentic relationships yes, yes. is our simple approach as much as it's getting complicated yeah. by all the challenges that kids yeah. have these days and the distractions, yeah. uh, authentic relationships still can overcome yeah. all the challenges that kids are facing. Let's, let's talk into this because I think right now, um, people, yours and my age, we, I have teenagers. I have two teenage daughters. Uh, I should say a preteen and then a fully teen. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then there's people that are uh, post our age, you know, so the, the, the millennial, exennial generation right now is raising teenagers and is a part of that. And I think I feel like, I hear the same things I heard my parents say about me as a teen, and I think that their parents said about them mm -hmm. as a teen. And and I think I, I want to know, what would you say as one who is investing so heavily in teenage um, empowerment, equipment, and engagement with relationship, but also with Jesus, mm -hmm. um, what would you say like is – the that you're seeing from teens today is something that they are, they are desiring most. Right. And I'm using desiring over need because I think yeah. we say need oftentimes and think they need this, but that's maybe not what they're desiring. What are they desiring most that we can give them? You know, I, I, Try not to use the word authentic relationships over yeah. and over, but yeah. um, I think there is kids uh, are recognizing more and more um, the things that really don't matter and at a sometimes a younger age. And so they want to be a part of things that that do matter and conversations that actually are beyond what is just on social media. And so I think that's one of the main things is to try to um, – engage them and give them opportunities to engage them in, in, uh, significance. Yeah. And we all say it, we all recognize it, like where their identity really is, that they are a masterpiece, that they are, you know, God's workmanship and created in his image, that identity for us to be able to call them up to that in a way of, you're seen and you're known and you're loved and uh, you are uniquely special in God's eyes and in my eyes. And so I, a true genuine love, like I said, it over overcomes what is so many of the temptations of the world. Um, there is, I mean, there's, I, I'm, I'm a, glass half full positive person. And so there is a, a lot of negatives when it comes to cell phones and social media. But I've, I have read other people that point to statistically, this next generation is much more willing to share their faith because it is easier to send that on a text or a Snapchat or the same thing that the negative, why it's easy to send negative things. It also is easier to be a little bit more vocal of your faith. And we've probably seeing a lot of the same statistics that kids are willing to go to church if a friend invites them. So, and I, we experienced that. I experienced that in my own home with teenagers. Also, if, if a friend invites them or if they invite a friend to church, absolutely. There's not an opposition in the Omaha area right. uh, to kids going to church if they have a friend that invites them. So 
the digital connectivity is can be seen both negative and really positive. So how do we how do we look at it as an opportunity uh, instead of instead of only negative? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. At first, I think the power of imitation has mm-hmm. is something that we all have known. I mean, this is not even a generational thing. This is a human thing, right? If someone will invite me to something personally because they care for me, I am much more receptive to saying yes than just seeing yeah. something and going, oh, I want to check this out. Um, but I think for teenagers, that's even my daughter, uh, her and her three or four friends um, all <laughs> – all have this thing where they've said they're going to go with each other to mm-hmm. each other's churches uh, just to check it out on a Sunday, you know, I now. and and they all worship at way different churches. <laughs> I mean, like it's, they're not anywhere similar in size or style or uh, anything like that. And, and, but it's invitation of relationships with one another and, yeah. and uh, relationships with others. <clears throat> I think, I think you're keen onto something I really like. Um, and that's, that's uh, the, you know, we live in a text lingo phrase. Um, uh, by the way, I just found a new text thing that I'm going to use. It's, a, <laughs> a, it's TLDR. And it's uh, when someone sends you a text, too long, didn't read. <laughs> and I'm like, and that's me. Like, if you're going to send me a really long text, I'm not reading it. <laughs> I can't wait to test this. <laughs> so too yeah, long, didn't read. Too long, didn't read. Yeah, I just learned that one. But I and use, did you say your daughter sent you that? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh no, no, no. She sends me a lot of other little one letter words, right? But I like the the kind of the letter abbreviation I C N Y. And to me, this is relationally what we can share with teenagers. I see in you, dot, 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 hmm. right? Um, and and relationally to say, I see in you mm-hmm. leadership. I mean, I tell my girls every day at some point, I try to say, you're a leader, right? Now, they usually respond the way kids respond. No, I'm not. But I know that deep down, that's a landing. Like that's landing and that's, that's oh, yeah. that part. So, yeah. 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 And again, go into that old quote, you know, leadership is influence. Like even if they don't see themselves as a leader, like you yeah. have influence yes. and yes. who help open-ended, like who, who do you see that you have influence over yeah. or in their life and don't let them just, no, I don't and never. Yeah. So it is, I mean, kids don't always understand that you know, what we've read and learned, like leadership is influence. Yes. Yeah. So youth for Christ, um, and, and building the relationships with teenagers and helping them see, especially teenagers that are, are not yet connected with Jesus. Um, how, like one, how do you recruit volunteers to help out with this? I mean, I think this is something that sounds to me like every, Every person would in a church today, I mean, you've heard the refrain over and over. I almost, it's like this, just cliche that I go, is this like, everyone says, we missing young people. We mm-hmm. want young people back, right? I, I can tell you all the, you know, the people that are older, the gray hairs that are like, where are all the young people in the church? And I'm like, they're here, right? But, but how do you, so everyone would want to be able to help with this. How do you, how do you go about that? Yeah. I love that question because we are, we need more help. I mean, our, mm-hmm. our goal is that every single one of our schools would have 20 leaders investing in it. 
and we probably have five or six of our 43, 44 sites that have that many leaders already. And so the ideal leader, not the ideal, the, the most natural volunteer and leader is if you already know a teenager in any capacity, it could be your neighbor kid, it could be your child, it could be your grandchild. If you already have a relationship and you care about them and their friends knowing Jesus, then we essentially want to tee you up to be able to have conversations about Jesus through those relationships. Because there's a whole bunch of parents that are coaching, that are you know even high-fiving kids in their neighborhood, but how often are they actually taking the opportunity or creating opportunities to also have faith conversations. I don't meet many. Like it is just the mm-hmm. honest truth of people aren't taking that step. Like, and you just can't believe the, the, you know, you can't, you can't believe the mindset that it's just, well, they're going to, they're going to catch it or, you know, so uh, that's the ideal because then you walk in with a relationship of maybe a year or five years. Some of my favorite like volunteers right now are, a grandma that is investing in her granddaughter and then all 10 of her friends. And she's been able to see like half of them come to know Christ has helped baptize like half of them. Uh, and then there's just, um, even me as a dad, I volunteer at my son's middle school and all these kids that I've coached that I've gotten to know that have been in my backyard, literally playing basketball or boxing with boxing gloves from a neighbor kid. (laughs) Like, I get to show up on Friday mornings and we have fun together. And then we have real conversations about mental health and social media and Jesus. Like we're having these regular conversations. And so for me, we're just, we just want to tee people up. And if they don't have relationships with teenagers, we'll be able to put them in relationships with teenagers. Yeah. That's so good. And let me, let me just point this out because I don't think, I don't think I, I, I didn't realize this until about two years ago when I started to learn more you 43, 44? Yeah, 44. 44 sites you're in. Right? Oh, sorry. 43 oh, schools and 43 like three s- other. I thought you were asking how old I was. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can't. I'm not allowed to do that. I think I already said I'm 44. You, you did. You already did. Um, but but you uh, that on yeah, your own. 43 schools <laughs> and then a teen parent program we call Parent yeah. Life and then two military sites. So, And out of the 43 schools, how many are public schools? All of them. So, <laughs> so when we hear... God's not in schools. That's not true. No. That's not true. And Youth for Christ is bringing Jesus in schools. And I would say, too, Jesus needs to be in our public schools and our private schools and our Christian schools in every way possible. And so— so, so if you're listening or watching this right now and you're saying, I have a heart and a desire for my public school to know Jesus, and Youth for Christ is a national organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so from California to Vermont to the you know Great Plains and to New York Island, yeah. right, whatever that song is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like we can be in public schools yeah. and sharing the gospel message in ways that are not, not, not a, Just abusive or intrusive, but are ways that public schools are saying Mm -hmm. there's a difference. Have have the schools noticed a difference? They have, and we have more, you know, access now than we did even five years ago. I mean, just because of some of the negative results from COVID, Mm -hmm. we have schools asking us just because the behavioral issues, the you know, 
friendship issues that continue to arise and how schools allow us is we're just an outside group using their building like any other, you know, basketball team that uses their gym or Boy Scouts group that uses their cafeteria. They allow us to have programs there before school, after school, in the evenings. And so it's been schools are asking us more and more and our staff to spend more and more time on the school campus. So our staff are coaching, paid or as volunteers, they're substitute teaching. They are spending as much time as they can in the school building. And some of them literally just get paid to walk the halls uh, to be a positive presence on the campus. So yes, public schools are uh, asking for help and they need help. They recognize that it is that, that it's a tough day and age to be a teenager. Yeah. And if I could go back to even the volunteer yeah. question, it is, it's how do we, how do we get into more and more churches and do things like this? Um, just to express, these are the opportunities that we have. And if you are um, willing to come even just check it out, like within the last 24 hour, 24 hours, I was thinking about how I love to travel. I love, I loved going to Rome to see it and experience mm-hmm. it and, and what it, what it feels like. And if we just can keep getting people the opportunity to come travel to one of our sites and actually see it and feel it, most of the people will be like, this is amazing. We want to get involved. So just come check it out. Come contact me, contact us and go check out a program where you already know a kid or it's in your geographical area. We'd love to have you come just explore and see what it's like. Yeah. What's uh what's one thing you're you're right now really, really excited about for for what you're doing in your family life, in your personal life, in your professional life, right? What what are you excited? What God what's God land that's exciting? You know, I've my oldest has launched to college and he's doing well and he's loving it. And it just that's just as a dad, you know, one of the greatest hopes is when they have that independence and freedom to choose where they're gonna go and who are they gonna serve. Just seems like he's doing really well. Um, you know, within the ministry, we've just hired our 62nd like staff member and launching programs, uh, another um, Omaha Public School program uh, for Burke, and then launching, relaunching a program for Ralston kids, trying to get programs started in other schools, private schools in the area. And so we are, um, God is just opening doors and providing the, like the minimum level of financial support and volunteer support. But in order to truly reach kids more effectively, we do need more volunteers. So I look at just, um, yeah, highlights of my kids bring me a ton of joy, uh, and they're, they're doing, they're doing well. That's really great. That's so good. Yeah, it's it's a joy to be able to watch our children thrive yeah. for sure, for sure. What's one prayer need that like for Youth for Christ, right, that you're heading as you're like, man, we're really going to need God to open this door? Whew. I I am I am really um encouraging our team. I don't want to say pushing on them. I just said it. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really encouraging our team that we have to invite more people to get involved. And so that is mm-hmm. volunteers and also people to give financially. And we just cannot allow fear or anxiousness to invite people to get involved. So I would say just even that prayer request that uh, courage over fear or hesitation to invite people to get involved. Yeah. 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 That's great. Well, we're running out of time. Anything you want to share with us? Anything you're like, gosh, this is one thing on my heart. I really want to just say, yeah. Or, or what would you tell a leader today? 
I, you've probably already heard me say this because if you're around me enough, uh, I have a high sense of urgency for the gospel Mm. and we have to all carry a greater sense of urgency for the gospel. The number of people that are just not sharing their faith on a regular basis, actually speaking, talking about like the statistics are astounding. And yeah. it doesn't mean we have to be, be presenting the gospel all the time. Like we do, we do need to be doing that, but just to be having faith conversations, open up the door. People are willing generally to have faith conversations. And I, part of that's fueled by, again, 20 years of working for Youth for Christ now, um, a big part of that's fueled for me. I I lost my wife. I lost my wife a couple of years ago to cancer. And when you walk through that, and you you realize the um, the reality of eternity is so far more important than than the here and now. And there are people that are losing loved ones or are losing their own life that that don't know Jesus personally. It fuels a deeper level of urgency, and so. How do we, how do we as leaders influence others to have a greater sense of urgency for the gospel and for what really matters and not all this stuff that people are investing so much time and energy into? I really, I really think that's a great spot for us to, to just end with an encouragement of if you're faithfully leading and faithfully living out and faithfully loving, um, don't just talk about you know, people needing to know Jesus. Don't just talk about uh, young people needing to to come back to church or to be in, like go and do it and and do it by empowering not only yourself but empowering someone else. Bring someone else along yeah. with you. Talk about it. Encourage others to do it because um, we're not alone in this. And the reality is, there's a great Jesus sent the disciples out two by two, and it was because we can do so much more together uh, than we can do individually. And that means sometimes it means, you know, saying, Hey, I'm tired. I need you to step up. Uh, Sometimes it's just, we're both encouraged and you're celebrating, high-fiving each other. And sometimes it's just picking up one another. So this is so great and so helpful. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation to be involved. So how can people find you or find out ways more to learn more about youth for Christ? Yeah, I probably should have some sort of fancy like hashtag or something uh, like that. Uh, our website, <laughs> our website is you know if you Google Greater Omaha Youth for Christ, okay. or our website is shortly Go YFC Greater okay. Omaha YFC because again that speaks to our mission of go yeah. into the world of kids. So we are goyfc.org and. Right. People there can navigate and find out more about us and get involved through that page. And I'm on that page. They can find me. Great. And so that's if you're in the Omaha area. If you're anywhere in our nation, um, just Google Youth for Christ Mm -hmm. and you'll find a local chapter and a local way to get plugged in and to make a difference. Jason, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for listening today. And uh, again, like, rate, review and share this uh, with someone out there uh, who you know is joining you in the walk to faithfully lead, faithfully live and faithfully love. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for being a part of this month's Greg Griffith Leadership Podcast. Join Greg next month for leadership insights to faithfully love and faithfully lead. Now go be terrific today.